Hello and welcome to the Eagles Landing Equip Podcast. Equip exists to give you the tools you need to display the gospel intentionally every day as a disciple of Jesus. My name is Zach and I'm with Matt McKinney, Eagles Landing's Pastor of Connections. Matt, how are you doing today? Doing well, Zach. Thank you. Awesome. So you've been on staff here about a year. Um, Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I'm originally from Cordial, Georgia. Cordial. That's right. My dad was a farmer and my mom was a school teacher. So I always say that's about as country as it gets. Um, uh, Born and raised in a Christian family. Very grateful to um, have parents who have taught me about Jesus from an early age. Uh, Became a disciple at the age of 12. I wish I could tell you that I've perfectly followed Jesus and uh, never faltered or failed, but uh, since the age of 12, but uh, I celebrate that his grace is greater. And um, uh, when I'm going to Georgia Southern, doing some degrees there, met the coolest lady in the world, uh, Meg Miller at the time, and she's now Meg McKinney. Uh, we have three daughters, and, um, and we love being a part of Eagles Landing and being here in McDonough. Awesome. So I've learned not only can you shred on guitar, Matt is an absolute <laughs> amazing guitar player, but I've also learned you're a very gifted teacher, and we're thankful to have you on staff. We're actually very lucky to have you on staff. So, um, you know, just thinking about having this conversation with you, and, um, you know, I can easily say that I look more like Christ because of being around you, and I'm, I'm thankful on. and grateful for that, um, which really gets me excited to talk with you today about this equip class that that you've been teaching called countercultural formation learning to fully follow Jesus. So Matt start telling us start let's start by telling us about where this idea of countercultural formation came from and and when we say that what do we mean? Yeah, um, to understand where this started in my own life, we have to start by talking about shoes. Shoes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so we at our house we uh, we take off our shoes when we come home and we leave them by the door. And uh, one day I was leaving the house and I realized I had eight or nine pairs of shoes by the door. And, uh, and none of them were really all that old. And I stopped and started thinking about that. Like, why, why do I have this urge to buy shoes uh, that, honestly, if I'm being honest about it, I really don't need. Uh, where did that come from? And that got me really thinking about um, ways that I have been discipled by our culture, um, and particularly in regard to consumerism and how uh, if I just have more stuff, if I just fill my life with things, then, uh, then I'll be happier or more satisfied. And yet you go out and you go buy this new pair of shoes. They're going to make your life so much better. And then uh, once you have them, I uh, didn't want them anymore. Honestly, there was a new pair of shoes I wanted. And, and so I, I started thinking about just that concept of how the world has discipled my own life and um, trying to be more aware of uh, how that can lead me astray from the things of Jesus. So that's kind of a, a thing that came in my life uh, over the last year. And from it, uh, began studying more and more about uh, the teachings of Jesus and the countercultural uh, things of the gospel. And so it led me into these different topics that we're looking at in this class. We looked at consumerism. We've looked at, we're going to look at um, entertainment, how entertainment has discipled us and how uh, we, we really don't like silence 
these days, and it makes us kind of nervous, but Jesus has called us into this uh, life of simplicity and even silence. Uh, we're looking at um, instant, how we live in a society that wants things right this second, and yet Jesus in a lot of ways has brought us into a life of fruit producing, which takes time, right? Uh, and then we've looked at um, this a couple weeks ago about the, we live in a culture, I would say, that very much values the individual, like just be you and focus on you and don't worry about other people. And Jesus is, is talking much more about uh, community and to learn how to share our lives with his family. And then um, the one that I think we're talking about today is uh, how we live in a culture that very much, I, I would argue, uh, discipled us into uh, really wanting to, to, be, to be the greatest, right, to, to make our names great. And, uh, and people really exist just for me and for my personal gain. And how Jesus has actually called us into a kingdom where greatness is defined as the humble servants. And so I uh, wanted to be aware of the way our culture has discipled us so that we can unlearn those things and at the same time learn the way of Jesus. Yeah, let's dive into that a little bit more before we get into this specific topic. Why, why is it so important that we're aware of what is shaping us as Christians? Yeah, so there's a quote that I um, came across uh, from a guy, I believe his name was uh, David Wallace, and that's not the uh, CEO of Dunder <laughs> Mifflin. <laughs> and and uh, his, it was this little fable where he said uh, there was a big fish, and there were two little fish, and they swam past one another. And the big fish said, how's the water today, boys? And as they passed by, uh, one of the little fish looked at the other, and he said, what's water end of fable, right? And the point that I think Wallace is making is a lot of times the things that are forming us and shaping us and having the greatest impact on us are really things that are all around us that we're unaware of. And so uh, I think the idea of gaining an awareness that the things in our lives, the things in our culture, they are shaping us, whether you want them to do it or not. Uh, they are doing it. The TV shows you watch are shaping you. The music you listen to is shaping you. Um, the friends in your life are shaping you. Like, they are doing something to you. You know, one of the things that I've often taught and uh, think when we, when we think about the, the term image bearer and that God has designed us in his image from Genesis 1, and this, this uh, concept that we are designed to be influenced as a human being, we are designed to be influenced. And so God is holy, and uh, we are to be shaped by that and then reflected outward. Uh, God is love, and so we are to uh, be influenced by that and then to reflect his love out into creation. And sin uh, has not stopped that idea of being influenced. It's introduced evil into this equation now. So now we can actually be discipled and influenced by things that are contrary to the things of God. And so um, we have to be aware, as Wallace is saying, of things that are shaping us and influencing us and impacting the way we think, the way we view the world. Uh, we've got to be aware of it, and some of them are things that are hidden from us. So that's it's been a big part of my discipleship and my apprenticeship to Jesus over the last year, just trying to learn those things. Yeah. And, you know, when I think about countercultural formation, 
you know, we're, we're going against the flow. And so it's not easy. There's something about following Jesus that's against the flow. And then there's this formational piece that formation doesn't happen easy. We are being influenced by something, but um, trying to go against the flow and, and following the way of Jesus is not going to be an easy task. You know, we yeah. we like to boil the Christian faith down to you know five easy steps to, to following Jesus, um, but that's not that's not exactly the way it goes. No, right? no, it's not. You're exactly right. Um, I remember, I want to say it was Francis Chan was the first person I heard say uh, when Jesus gave the disciples the Great Commission. Uh, they didn't think, okay, let's go plan a 10-step process or let's go write a 16-week Bible study, right? Uh, they were thinking completely different, of uh, uh, more relational and how to invest their lives in others so that the life of Christ can be shared amongst his community. Uh, so, yeah, following Jesus is tough. It can be difficult. It can, um, it can feel confusing. You know, we, when, when he says, you know, you should love your enemies, my, my gut response is not that, right? Mm, yeah. um, and so, Jesus, but Jesus is showing us the real way of life. And that's, um, I think a lot about John 8, verse 12. Uh, Jesus says, I am the light of the world, and whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And um, so I have to uh, challenge my own assumptions in my own thoughts with that of Christ, and uh, trust that His way is the way of light. And so there is something right and good about learning to love my enemies or learning to have things like lust or greed or anger uprooted out of our hearts. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a shared experience. It's a community of people who are following Him together and who are figuring out this Jesus life together. And, um, and, it's, and it's, a, it's a journey, and it's a fun journey. It's a, it's a challenging journey, but it's a, it's, a very, um, it's a very good one. Yeah. yeah. So let's dive into this cultural value of, I think you called it prestige versus maybe humility. Is that the way yeah, you said yeah. that? Uh, absolutely. This, this idea that um, I think our culture teaches us that you, your life will be great, and your your life will be you'll be satisfied if uh, if you get everybody else to think you're cool. <laughs> if you get everybody else to to just think that you're the man or the woman, you know. And, and um, so to be up there in these high seats of power, and um, I think a lot. One thing that comes in my mind is uh, this modern day uh, new thing of being an influencer on like social media. Which I'm not saying is a bad thing. I'm not saying any of this stuff is necessarily bad. I am saying we have to learn how to navigate it as disciples of Jesus. So it's not necessarily a bad thing that people are doing this. But I do find it interesting that it's this whole new phenomenon where it's just like, I want to get a lot of people to think my opinion matters. Mm. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and to get a lot of followers mm. and, to, and to be known as somebody that uh, people value me. And, um, and that's greatness. In our society, that that's a person that we strive to be like, you know, the um, the LeBron Jameses or uh, the uh, Elon Musk, right? The the people of great prestige and power. If I, if I can just attain that, then my life is going to be perfect and satisfied and complete. And um, and Jesus just teaches something radically different, you know. <laughs> 
Um, we think about John 13, and here is, here is the Son of God, uh, God incarnate, right? John chapter 1, He is the Word who is with God, who was God. Uh, Paul is going to say in Colossians 1 that He is the image of the invisible God. Uh, Hebrews 1 is going to tell us that He is the exact imprint of God's nature. Here is God in human flesh taking on the wardrobe and the action of a servant and washing feet of his uh, disciples. And when I taught the class, we, we talked about in that particular context, uh, that's the night before Jesus dies, right? And so if, uh, if you knew, and if I knew that I was going to die tomorrow, or if you knew you were going to die tomorrow, how would you spend your last night? You know, for me, <laughs> I'm going to, you know, I'm going to want to be around my family because I think they're pretty awesome. And so I want to surround myself with the people that I love. And then I probably want like the best meal. Like, you know, the, I, I love uh, chicken tacos. So I'm going to want some really good chicken tacos and uh, an Oreo ice cream, you know, because it's the best. And uh, I, uh, I like to bow hunt. And so I might want to go out for a little bit and do my favorite activity or play my guitar. You know, I'm a huge Grateful Dead fan, so I might want to go, you know, jam in the basement with like a Grateful Dead track. And, you know, I want, I want to, the point is I want to do all the things that are really about me on my last night before I die. And here is Jesus, who is fully God, fully man, and he's washing feet, right? Uh, he's he's uh, taking on the form of a servant, and he's not devoting his final night to really himself, or making himself look the best, but rather he's taking on the lowest position, and he's washing feet. And there's something about that to really sit with. Um, when we think about Jesus, and we, we say from, a, from theological perspectives that he's fully God and fully man, right? And I think we have a tendency to lean in really heavily to his divinity, so, and, and that's a good thing. There's nothing wrong with that. He is fully God. And so if you want to know how God operates, then look at Jesus. If you want to know how God would react in a situation, then how did Jesus react? Because he is God, right? But he's also fully man. And that means if you want to see what a real human being looks like, you have to look at Jesus. If you want to see how a real human being operates, look at how he operated. And how was he operating the night before he died? He was washing feet. And so what does it say then when I step back and I examine what I would do on my last night, where it's really just about me, and what he would do on his last night, where it's all about serving others. And I have to see the disconnect within my own heart and his heart, right? And, um, and from that, this idea of prestige, uh, of, of him saying to his disciples in that text, um, a servant is not greater than his master. And if I am your master, right, uh, then you're called to follow me. And so he's a foot-washing king, and he's leading us to be foot-washing people and to not uh, value uh, getting my way and elevating myself, but to really value servanthood and humility. Yeah. You mentioned um, social media, and if there's one thing that we're all, or, or a lot of us are influenced by these days, it's it's social media. But if you really boil social media down 
to what it actually is. It's a, it's a platform for me to put the best of me in front of other people so that yeah. they can look, so that they can like, so they can um, elevate me, you know, and think better of me. It's a world that I can control. Right. And um, we are so addicted and saturated in that way of thinking. Um, let's look at the Matthew uh, chapter 20 passage that you taught on, because I really think it captures the struggle that we often find ourselves in for this prestige. We're, we're seeking to be great in the eyes of the world, um, and, and Jesus comes in and, and kind of um, corrects this, this view of his disciples. So if you want to read that and kind of expand on... on. Sure. Yes, yeah, so this is Matthew chapter 20, beginning in verse 20 and going through verse 28. Uh, the text says that then the mother of the sons of Zebedee came to him, that being Jesus, with her sons, and kneeling before him, she asked a favor of him. And he said to her, what do you want? And she said to him, declare that these two sons of mine will sit, one on your right and one on your left, in your kingdom. But Jesus answered, you do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I am about to drink? And they said to him, we are able. He said to them, You will indeed drink my cup, but to sit at my right hand and at my left, this is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared by my Father. When the ten heard it, they were angry with the two brothers. But Jesus called them to him, and he said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their great ones are tyrants over them. It will not be so among you. But whoever wishes to be great among you must be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Such a great text. <laughs> Jesus is so awesome and challenging and wise. And um, one of the things that stands out almost immediately and going back to another equip class I taught on, uh, through the whole story of the Bible, uh, one of the things that we talked about in, uh, in the Gospels was how Jesus is the king who teaches wisdom. He's also the king who embodies wisdom, right? So his teaching is wise, but he's not the type of teacher who tells you to do something that he himself is then not going to do, right? So he embodies this. So even in this text, um, thinking about this uh, once again, this reality of humility, uh, the, the greatest in the kingdom are the servants and the humble. And then Jesus fully embodies that in his own life, where he ultimately, um, using the language of Paul from Philippians 2, did not count equality with God a thing to be exploited, but he humbled himself by taking on flesh and coming as a servant, and then ultimately dying on a cross, right? So he... Now, not only has this beautiful teaching to his disciples in Matthew 20, but he's also going to embody it himself by ultimately going to the cross and giving his life as a ransom for many. It's absolutely amazing. I love when Jesus says things, like in verse 26, it's, he, he says, it shall not be so among you. This is the way the world works. This is the way you, you naturally think but my disciples are not going to think this way. Yeah. And I think that's, that's at the core of, of what this class is about. It's, it's about, hey, let, let, let's let Jesus explain the way we, 
we are bent to, towards thinking the sinful um, attitude towards greatness or prestige, and and this is the way of my disciples. This is the way of someone who is following me. Right. And and I, I love when those little statements kind of drive it home for us. Yeah, yeah. I find it really interesting in verse twenty three, um, thinking about this uh, theologically, and uh, where Jesus is is responding to the question. And he's saying, you know, it's, you know, uh, you, you might drink this cup, but to sit at the right or the left is not mine to grant. Uh, but it is for those whom the Father is going to—he's already prepared this, right? Mm-hmm. And um, just thinking about this, the humility of God the Son mm-hmm. uh, toward God the Father in that part right there. I mean, even, even in that, uh, Jesus could say, like, I'm going to pick whoever I want to pick. Right? Right, yep. But we actually see the humility of God the Son toward God the Father and saying, hey, this is this is what has already been determined by the Father. And um, that's just a really interesting uh, view of the Trinity and how humility is is a mark within even their this, this relationship between God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. Uh, u- unity and humility of um, the Godhead. And it's beautiful, and it's um, something for us to consider once again when um, when pride is so easy to come out of our hearts. Oh, it's so easy. Yeah. I'm great at being prideful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a lot of practice in it. And, um, and to be an image bearer is to then be one who's more reflective of this hum- humility, right? And so in my day-to-day life as a disciple of Jesus, uh, praying and seeking and desiring humility. Yeah, I want to want to kind of dive into something that it's taken a step back, I think, and and talking about the role of scripture in in this whole idea of humility. One thing that's obvious is is how much you're saturated in the Word of God. It just comes out. How would you say um, we need to approach scripture um, to be formed by the way of Jesus? Man, that's a great that's a great question. Um, we need the Bible. <laughs> start let's start there. Um, I believe the Scripture, and um, and, and and with that too, uh, I I believe Jesus, right? And Jesus valued the Scripture. Um, Jesus was a Bible nerd, mm-hmm. <laughs> if we can say yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I want to be one of myself. Um, and so I, I think it's necessary for us, uh, in, as a follower of Jesus, to grow in humility, that we would be people who immerse ourselves in the biblical narrative, mm. and um, and being and being able to understand what the Bible is all about, mm. which is another podcast for another yep, day, my yep. man. Uh-huh. Uh, but really seeing how all of the Bible is about Jesus, and it's not about us; um, it's all about Him. It's God's uh, story of the kingdom coming on earth as it is in heaven through Jesus the Messiah and his, uh, his life, his death, his resurrection. And, um, and so it's, it's a great gift to us. It's a gift of God's grace that we have the Scripture. And so learning how to handle it properly and then having it uh, live in our hearts, right? I've been reading through Colossians, and of course Paul's going to say in Colossians 3 that let the Word of Christ dwell within you richly. And uh, that's been a prayer of mine for a long time now. Mm-hmm. That uh, that this, these texts would come to life mm-hmm. and uh, manifest the fruit of righteousness, yeah. um, 
So it, it's, it's an important part. If, if we're going to be disciples of Jesus, then we have to immerse ourselves in these stories, mm-hmm. uh, which means we have to carve out the necessary space to do that. Yeah. And that's easier for some of us than others. Yep. I mean, let's just be honest about that. My mm-hmm. wife is home with the kids, and there is no quiet time mm-hmm. <laughs> you yep. know, when mm-hmm. the kids are there. Yep. And so uh, she, has, she has a different you know, rhythm than I have. I get to come to an office. And I can shut the door, you know. And uh, so I have uh, the opportunity to do those things um, in a different way than perhaps she does, and, and probably people who are listening to this. So I would never want our Bible study to feel like, you know, you better do this thing or God's gonna zap you, but rather to be this amazing gift of God and to say, hey, I really do want to know Him the way He's revealed Himself, and to do whatever needs to be done, whether that's 10 minutes in the day, whether that's an hour in the day, whatever it looks like, finding a way to work our way through the story yeah. and to see how it's really all about Jesus. Yeah, and it's in doing that, the intake of God's Word over time, that that we're formed into the right. image of Jesus. Yeah. Um, we don't know the image of Jesus apart from Scripture. No, um, we don't. And we're not, we, So we can't be formed into it. Right. Um, and if we think about the amount of, of, of entertainment and... Um, things of the world that we intake versus the amount of Scripture um, and and godly wisdom that we're intaking from Scripture. Um, you know what's going to form us. You know. Yeah. Um, you know, we've got to get that right as the people of God. You better believe it. Yeah, being formed in Christ. I tell you, something that's really I've thought about a lot uh, is in Galatians, right? So. Uh, Galatians, you know, this isn't a Bible study on Galatians podcast, but, you know, one of Paul's major points of writing the letter is because the Galatian church had begun to drift away from the gospel. And uh, some different teaching had come, and and Paul's really blunt in the letter. I can't believe you deserted the gospel. Who's bewitched you, (laughs) right? And uh, and so he is is addressing that they get the gospel right and that they uh, don't turn to another gospel, right? That's a major part of Galatians, but that is not Paul's end goal for the church. The end goal of of the Galatians and them getting the gospel right is uh, Galatians 4.19, that I'm in anguish with you as little children to see Christ formed in you. That's the goal, is to see Christ formed in them. And that's where he's going to get into the stuff in Galatians 5 about walk by the Spirit, don't gratify the desires of the flesh, but the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and, and continuing on, right? Like, that's the end goal. So it is, let's get the gospel right and let's not miss it. But the reason, the, 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 the heart behind that is that when you have the gospel right, now you can grow and be formed to be like that of Christ. That's the goal. So, Matt, one of the things that we always say around here is that following Jesus always has a next step. In all of our classes, resources, and forums, we don't want these things to just be knowledge that we gain and accumulate over time. We want to put them into practice. We want to take next steps from here. So in this idea of the worldly pursuing worldly prestige versus pursuing humility, what are some next steps we can take as followers of Jesus to put this into practice? Right. Uh, two things come to mind. And there, I'm sure there's more than these two. I'm not saying these are the only two. But two, that uh, very I think, simple things that we can do uh, practically in our lives as disciples. The first one is confession of sin. Um, if we want to grow in humility, right? I don't know if there's anything more humbling 
then uh, acknowledging the, the parts of our own lives, the parts of our own hearts that are still turned away from God, right? Turned away, turned away. You know, I, you know but, but being willing to be honest about those things, uh, being willing to pray those prayers, Lord, search my heart and show me uh, the areas of my own heart that are contrary to the kingdom. Uh, it's very humbling, and it's a good practice for the church. And, and not only to confess our sin with him, but to confess our sin with one another. That's a very humbling thing, uh, to, you know, to, to look at a brother or a sister in the face and, and admit your weaknesses and to admit your need. But the gospel has liberated us to do that, right? Those sins don't define us. And the only way we give sin power back is when we're unwilling to be honest about it. So I would, I would encourage our people and my own self and my own heart, like, don't let sin um, stop you from being honest about it. <laughs> Be willing to confess it and know that there is more grace in God than sin in us. Know that we have forgiveness in Christ. Uh, but when we engage in ongoing pattern of confession, then it, it does a work of humility within our hearts. And so it's a good thing. It's a healthy practice for Jesus' people to confess our sin and then to be reminded of God's amazing grace extended to us in Christ. Mm. You know, you say it should be a practice. Confession should be a practice. We, I think we often think about confession of sin as something we do when we accept Jesus. God, I, I confess that I'm a sinner, and I'm going to turn from that, um, and, and I'm going to follow you, you know, when we're saved. But it, it, what I'm hearing is it should actually be a part of the rather, regular rhythm of our life as a follower of Jesus every day. Absolutely. Um, and, be, and being specific with it. You know, I, um, I will pray and say, you know, God, help me with my sin. And I confess I sin, right? And, uh, but I also want to be mindful of specific sin. They say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm thinking back about that conversation that I had with someone that began to get into gossip and slander, and I participated in it, and so I want to confess that, right? Or um, looking back on, you know, the way I reacted to my kids when they were doing the wrong thing for the 100th time, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and I was yelling and screaming, and it was very, it was very much anger-driven um, parenting, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and I want to confess that. Or, you know, I looked at that image a little bit longer than I should have, or, or whatever it is. Like yeah. when we're able to be specific about those things, yeah. um, I think it's really healthy for us. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, having, having an ongoing, regular pattern of confession, I think, is a healthy practice yeah. for Jesus' people. Uh, the second thing I would say, as far as how do we grow in humility and, uh, and not try to, to make everything about us, is find ways to serve other people. It's something that simple right? Uh, So I lead our volunteer orientation. And one of the major teaching points that I talk about is how serving is discipleship in action, right? That that when we think about the word discipleship, a lot of times what comes to our mind is a Bible study. And Bible intake is important. We've already addressed that. Immerse yourself in the story. It's an important part. Uh, But there's also an active part of discipleship. And we see that throughout Jesus's ministry. Like Jesus did not uh, only do Bible studies with the Twelve. He also brought them into ministry opportunities. He, he used them in distributing the, the fish and the bread. Like, he used them to do things actively. 
And so it is a healthy, uh, it's a healthy thing for Jesus' disciples to actively serve others because in the act of serving others, our own hearts are being shaped to be more like Christ. So whatever that looks like, whatever that is, you know, if that means, you know, serving in the local church, you know, find a way to plug in with the, the greeter team or with the children's team or with the student team or whatever it looks like. Or outside of the church, find a way to serve at a local food pantry. Find a way to serve at the Bridge Wellness Center. Find a way to serve with families for families. Uh, fostering. And if you can't foster kids yourself, find a way to serve the families who are fostering. Like, whatever it looks like, find a way to do that because as you're serving others, your heart is being shaped to be like Christ. And so it's a healthy practice for us to find ways to serve others. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned volunteer orientation for the people of Eagles Landing. If they're looking um, to step into that serving role, tell us when that usually happens so that they know when they can attend. Absolutely. We do the volunteer orientation typically the fourth Sunday of every month. It meets at 930 in the uh, meeting room, which is located right next to the coffee shop in the main lobby. You can sign up for it on the app. And uh, you get to come hang out with me, and uh, and we go over our volunteer culture within Eagles Landing, and from there you're able to identify a ministry team that you're interested in, and I help you get connected to it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, speaking of hanging out with Matt, Matt, I've enjoyed it, and I'm looking forward to diving into a few more of these cultural values versus the way of Jesus uh, topics with you in the coming weeks. Absolutely, man. Look forward to it. Eagles Landing, thank you for joining us. For more resources or information about our church, please visit us at eagleslanding.org. Until next time on the Eagles Landing Equip Podcast, you are sent.